Hornet Heaven is the paradise where Watford fans go in the afterlife. It turns out we're not just Watford till we die. We're Watford for all eternity. In Hornet Heaven, you can watch all Watford's matches for the rest of time. You can also revisit any Watford match in history over and over again. It's to die for. On Christmas morning 2017, Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's head of programmes, strolled down Occupation Road towards the ancient turnstile. He was on his way to find out whether Christmas Day and Boxing Day were going to be as troublesome as in 2016, when Hornet Heaven collided with Luton's equivalent, Hatter Heaven, causing the two separate afterlives to overlap at historic festive matches between the rival teams. When he arrived at the ancient turnstile in the slick black wall of the stadium, Bill stopped. Someone was standing on the far side, calling out to him. You've got to let me into your heaven. My club's a shambles, a disgrace. I'm sick of it, sick of it. You've got to let me in. I'm begging you. Oh, I see. So the heavens have collided a second time. We're out of the title race by Christmas. Again. Wenger should have left years ago. He's destroying our club. It's doing my nutting. Wenger? You mean you're a gooner? Are you saying we've collided with Arsenal's heaven instead of Luton's? A club with our history should be walking the league every year. But we're gutless, spineless. No cojones. I'm done with it. Done! I want to support Watford instead. You've got to let me in. Please let me in. Please. Hornet Heaven 2017 Christmas Special The Overlapping Fullback Written by Ollie Wickham Read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2017-18 Bill Mainwood was a compassionate man. Perhaps too compassionate. Either way, he allowed the Arsenal fan through the ancient turnstile and led the stocky 64-year-old up Occupation Road to Hornet Heaven's golden atrium on the junction with Vicarage Road. Once inside the atrium, Bill looked for Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. He found the father of the club sitting on a yellow leather sofa beneath a huge Christmas tree that had been decorated with yellow tinsel and red baubles. Bill said, Henry, you've changed the baubles. Where are the ones I put up? Really, Bill? Black baubles? What were you thinking? Christmas tree baubles should always be red. Just like Watford's shorts. Bah! Honestly, Henry, switching the baubles behind my back is so petty. Well, 
I'm afraid it matters, Bill. The colour of baubles matters? No, pettiness matters. It makes the whole red versus black debate so much more fun. Anyway, my good chap, what did you discover on your reconnaissance trip? Has there been a collision of heavens again this year? Yes, there has, Henry. Excellent! Another chance to show those Bedfordshire scuzzballs who's boss. Although I must admit, Bill, sometimes I think the wretched oiks from up the road are too useless for our rivalry to be fun any more. In that case, you may be glad to hear that this year the overlap isn't with Hatter Heaven. It's with a club more at our level. Really? Golly! You don't mean with Bournemouth, do you? I said, with a club more at our level, Henry. If I'd meant with a tin-pot plaything of a Russian robber baron, I would have said with a tin-pot plaything of a Russian robber baron. So no, not Bournemouth. We've collided with Arsenal. This chap with me is an Arsenal fan. He wants to come and live in our heaven. Well, I'm not surprised. Actually, I am surprised. Surprised? He's the only one. I hope you left someone guarding the ancient turnstile, Bill, or there'll be thousands of whining gooners in here bleating on and on about how unfair it is that other teams try to stop them strolling to all the trophies they deserve by some kind of birthright. It's ridiculous, Bill. Arsenal fans seem to think the Premier League title is a hereditary title. Henry stood up to introduce himself to the Arsenal fan. He looked the man up and down and tutted disapprovingly at the unfashionable cut of the man's 1970s suit. Then, as he noticed the man's deep-set eyes, slicked back hair and broad, meaty chin, he gasped. Good Lord! What, Henry? What's wrong? Nothing. In fact, this is wonderful. We are honoured by this man's presence. Why? As an Arsenal fan, he probably thinks we should be honoured by his presence. But don't you recognise him, Bill? This man is a former Watford manager. No wonder he wants to support us from now on. Bill stared at the man. Eventually, the name came to him. Eddie Hapgood, Watford manager from 1948 to 1950. Exactly! Welcome, Mr Hapgood. Welcome to Hornet Heaven. I wish you'd been here all along. Cheers. That were hardly likely after I'd played more than 400 games for the Gunners. But I definitely wished I'd been here since 2006 when we moved to the Emirates. The old thing's fallen apart. We should never have left Ivory. The mismanagement has been a disgrace. It's unacceptable. Ah, 
the usual whining and bleating. Perhaps it's good you haven't been here. To be fair, Mr Hapgood, if you're going to be a Watford fan from now on, you'll have to behave like one. We're a very positive bunch, you see. Fair enough. I can be positive. It's been a few years, though, so let me see. Um, um, hold on. I'm a bit out of practice. All right, I've got it. Look, this Christmas tree is nice, lovely and tall. Well, I suppose you have to start somewhere. Well done. And, of course, you're correct. To my eye, this tree is as tall as Ross Jenkins, George Riley, John McClelland and Steve Sherwood, all standing on each other's shoulders. Eh? Who? Oh, dear. What if I said Herelio Gomez on top of Christian Cabaselli, on top of Sebastian Prodel, on top of... Looks like I've got some name-learning to do. Never mind. I'm sure Bill can help you fill in the gaps in your knowledge. In fact, I say, Bill, how about taking Mr Hapgood on one of your magical history tours to get him up to speed nice and quickly? To be honest, Henry, it's not the knowledge I'm worried about. It's the totally new attitude any Arsenal fan would need. Ah, yes, fewer tantrums, you mean. Less spitting out the dummy, less wailing like a baby that needs its nappy changing. Exactly, Henry. And I think I know exactly how to help him develop the right attitude. Come on, Mr Hapgood, let's go and turn you into a Watford fan. Bill immediately took Eddie Hapgood through the ancient turnstile. I thought we'd go and watch a match from when you were our manager, Mr Hapgood. It should rekindle any feelings you already have for the club. I hope you rekindle some good feelings. I didn't much enjoy getting the sack. They arrived at an FA Cup fourth-round tie at home to Manchester United in January 1950 and joined the biggest crowd in Watford's history at the time. It was a cold, overcast afternoon, but the place was heaving. The main stand and the Shrodell stand were full, and somehow another 27,000 people had crammed themselves onto the uncovered terraces and banking that surrounded the mud bath that passed for a pitch. It was proper. Bill said to Eddie, As you'll recall, we were in Division 3 South, whereas United had been runners-up in the top division for the last three seasons. We were David, aiming to bring down Goliath. Goodness, occasions like this still give me goosebumps. You too? I'm uh, working on it. Eddie Hapgood had never really known what it was like to be a David. He'd always been a Goliath. As a player, a hard-tackling fullback, he'd never played outside the top division. 
He'd won five league championship medals. He'd also lifted three FA Cups and broken the record for England caps when England were regarded as the best footballing nation in the world. After that, as an Arsenal supporter, he hadn't been used to cheering on the David. Throughout his life and afterlife, the Gunners had lined up as the superior side in the majority of their matches, or at least they'd thought they were the superior side. As a fan, it required a completely different mentality to accept that your players weren't as good as your opponents and get behind the team. It was a mentality that Eddie Hapgood and thousands of other Arsenal fans in 2017 just couldn't seem to adopt. All they could do was vent their anger at Arsene Wenger. Bill said, An underdog mentality is still part and parcel of being a Watford fan. We never feel entitled to win football matches. It's a mindset that was bred into us for decades while we were in the lower leagues, and we still take it into games against the big clubs in 2017. He climbed over the wire fence surrounding the boggy playing area and said, Come on, Mr Hapgood. Follow me. I want to show you something. Bill led Eddie to the goal at the Vicarage Road end. They both stood on the goal line, behind United's goalkeeper, who, as a real world player in the game, remained oblivious to their presence. Do you remember what's going to happen, Mr Hapgood? I do. Watford fans called it the goal that never was. That's right. We tasted so little success or glory by 1950 that this incident kept us talking for years afterwards. Meanwhile, Arsenal won the old competition in 1950 and it only kept fans talking for three years when we won the league again. Bill reckoned this summed up pretty well the difference between being an Arsenal fan and being a Watford fan in the past. He also noticed Eddie was still referring to Arsenal as we. In the 36th minute of the game, the goal that never was arrived. Watford's 39-year-old Welsh winger, Taffy Davis eased past United's legendary captain Johnny Carey with a subtle change of stride before lobbing the ball over the keeper. Bill and Eddie watched the ball cross the goal line before it was headed away by United's full-back John Aston. The huge home crowd roared to greet the goal. But the referee waved play on. Eddie shouted, That were in! By a mile! On the day I weren't sure, but now I know for definite that were a total injustice. And how do you feel about it? I'm furious. That's just big club bias. Bill smiled and said, Excellent. If you're angry about big club bias, you're already coming along nicely as a Watford fan. Bill and Eddie emerged from the ancient turnstile back onto Occupation Road. Eddie was feeling good about himself and his potential to become a true Watford fan. Suddenly, though, 
he felt a hand on his shoulder. A voice said, I heard you was here, Upgood. You got a ruddy nerve. Bill Mainwood tried to intervene, but was pushed to the ground. Ouch! That's not very nice. Eddie Hapgood turned round and found himself looking into the much-aged face of the man whose disallowed goal he'd just witnessed. Eighty-seven-year-old Taffy Davis said, Pretending to love Watford? You need to clear off. Eddie and Taffy famously hadn't got on as team player and manager when their paths had crossed nearly seventy years ago. But now that they were meeting again, in an eternal afterlife paradise, Eddie thought he'd better try to be friendly. Nice to see you, Taffy. It's been a while. It should have been for eternity. You don't belong here, Apgood. You're not Watford. You never were, and you never will be. I'm switching allegiances, as it goes. No, you're not. Can't be done, see? Everyone knows that. Fans can't switch clubs. They can't ever truly love a different team. I can. I reckon I was always a latent Watford fan. I mean, I had some good times here as manager. People talked about the defence that Eddie built. In 1949, we kept eight clean sheets in a row in the league. In point of fact, Taffy, he still holds the club record for that. Shut your gob, Meanwood. Taffy, the former Watford winger, grabbed Hapgood, the former Arsenal and England fullback, by the lapels of his 1970s suit. It's too late, Hapgood. You died an Arsenal fan. You can't suddenly become a Watford fan. You can't be fickle when you're dead. Eddie felt there was a certain amount of truth in this last statement, but he wasn't ready to concede. Honestly, Taffy, mate, there ain't no army might be in here. Yes, there is. You're the enemy. You need to stay out of on it, Evan. I don't know why you're being so territorial. Because we're Watford. This is our paradise. You'll stay here over my dead body. This didn't really work as a threat in the afterlife, Taffy quickly realised. It threw him slightly. He continued, I mean, how do I know you're not here to take revenge on me? Eddie frowned. He didn't remember ever wanting revenge on one of his players. He thought for a moment. Then he suddenly realised what Taffy was talking about. In 1950, he recalled there had been rumours that the Welsh winger had plotted with directors of the club to get him sacked. The memory incensed Eddie. He grabbed the lapels of Taffy's suit. So you're finally admitting you got me booted out of Watford. You had it coming. You dropped me from the team for half a season. I were the manager. It were my job to pick who I wanted. Twenty seasons I played for Watford, and you totally ruined the last one. It was your fault I didn't reach 300 career league appearances for this club. Ha! You're blaming me. You should be blaming Adolf Hitler for starting a war that took seven seasons out of your league career. Frankly, I don't see much difference between the two of you. 
Bill got up off the tarmac to try and stop the argument. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you may have your differences, but... Taffy shoved Bill to the ground again. Bill's head bumped against the black stadium wall. Dazed, he watched Taffy Davis pull two programmes out of his pocket. Then the Welshman bundled Eddie Hapgood through the ancient turnstile. I'm putting you back where you belong, Hapgood, and you ain't never coming back. Are you all right, sir? You look as knocked for six as Watford against Manchester City this season, sir. Back in the atrium, Bill was greeted by his 13-year-old programme assistant, Derek Garston. Bill replied, I'm afraid there's all kinds of troubles going on, young man. There's been a collision of the heavens and... Crikey, sir! Do you mean with our usual hapless rivals from the town that dare not speak its name? Those unlovable cockwombles, sir! Derek! No. I mean with Arsenal's heaven, young man. Really, sir? Super, sir! That's much more like it. A much better class of rivals, sir. It proves we're definitely going up in the world, sir. I see what you mean, my boy. Clubs can be defined by who their rivals are, so it's probably best for us to keep a good distance from, uh, uh, um, cockwombery. And is the overlap of the heavens at historic Christmas matches again, sir? I expect so. And that's where I need your help, my boy. When have we played Arsenal over the festive period? Boxing Day! 2006 is the only time, sir. A 2-1 home defeat. Tommy Smith scored. Right. Well, that's the game I need to visit. Fetch me a programme, please, my boy. Actually, make it two. I'd better take Lamper with me. Oh, craving a bit of festive fisticuffs, are you, sir? Want some, do you, sir? No, of course not. This is a peace mission, young man. A Christmas peace mission. I need Lamper for my own protection. From Arsenal thugs, sir? From a Gooner squad? Goodness, no. It's Taffy Davis I'm frightened of. Now run along and fetch me those programmes. And we will fight forevermore because of Boxing Day. Hornet Heaven's chief steward, Lamper, a former hooligan, followed Bill through the ancient turnstile to Watford's Boxing Day 2006 game at home to Arsenal. If they bring it, I'm going to do them big time. Bill stood in the old main stand and looked around the stadium. He said, I expect Taffy will try to force Eddie Hapgood back into the main part of Arsenal's heaven. Arsenal Arcadia, or whatever the place is called. We need to find the gateway. But where would it be? I know, sir. Derek, you weren't meant to come too. But 
this is so exciting, sir. And I'm good at hide and seek, sir. Arsenal are a posh old club, sir. I reckon we should look in the director's box. Come on, sir. Derek skipped past Bill and hopped over the low dividing wall into the director's box. Hurry up, sir. Last year, the heavens separated at midnight on Boxing Day, so we've only got today and tomorrow, sir. Bill paused. In all the excitement, he'd forgotten about the time limit on the overlap of the heavens. Perhaps this meant that Eddie Hapgood wouldn't be able to make a permanent transfer to Hornet Heaven after all. Or would different rules apply if Eddie was on the other side of the ancient turnstile when the deadline came? Come on, sir! Move it! Bill and Lamper followed Derek into the director's box and down a short staircase inside. Suddenly, Derek came to a halt. Awestruck. Look, sir, and Mr Lamper, sir. Arsenal, Arcadia. Bill and Lamper stared. Ahead of them was a wide marble staircase leading upwards. On the walls of the staircase, above polished wooden banisters, were Art Deco lamps. Etched into the marble of each of the steps was a small red icon. A cannon. Blinking flip! This is well swanky. Not like Luton. Last year, when I was chasing scummers back through their gateway, the entrance to Atter Heaven was a toilet. Hadn't even been properly flushed. Standing on the bottom step of the staircase was a uniformed commissionaire. He didn't exactly look overworked. The staircase was empty and silent. Lamper asked, Is this a library? The commissioner politely doffed his cap. Bill, Lamper and Derek climbed the stairs. At the top, they found themselves in a huge marble lobby. It was very impressive. The floor was white marble with red geometric edging and an old-style red AFC crest tiled into the centre. Less impressive was the noise. The place was full of Arsenal fans complaining. I can't take it no more, bruv. You know what I'm saying, fam? It's an embarrassment, bruv, being in the Europa League, fam. You know what I'm saying? All the pride's gone from this club, bruv. Troy Daney was spot on. Fingers built a squad of fairies. Yeah? This club used to be a class act, bruv, but it ain't no more, fam. We need to spend more money, bruv. Loads of money, bruv. Bill, Lamper and Derek wanted to cover their ears. They totally understood why Eddie Hapgood had had enough of this place. They started searching the lobby, looking for Eddie and Taffy in between the groups of moaning gunners. Before long, Bill spotted the two men in front of a bronze bust of Herbert Chapman. He didn't like what he saw. Taffy Davis was still grappling his former manager. The Welshman had his 1950 nemesis in a bear hug, squeezing the breath out of him. Bill, Lamper and Derek rushed over to separate them. 
but when they arrived, no separation was necessary. Taffy let Eddie go. The two men smiled at each other. There didn't seem to be any animosity between them at all. Eddie said, Taffy's got quite the man-hug on him, Bill. Golly, you mean you've made up with each other? Thank goodness, I was expecting more trouble. Oi, I can start more trouble if you want. I mean, look at all these miserable gooners. Why don't I give them a good Christmas kicking to cheer them up? Eddie explained to Bill. Taffy's taken pity on me. Now he's seen what Arsenal's heaven is like, ain't you, mate? Phew, I wouldn't wish this place on my worst enemy. I'm not being funny on anything, because Eddie Upgood is my worst enemy. Honestly, these people. Taffy shook his head in disbelief and led Eddie towards the wide marble staircase so that Watford's former manager could make his way back to Hornet Heaven and spend the rest of eternity in a happier place. Bill, Derek and Lamper followed them. At the bottom of the staircase, the commissioner respectfully doffed his cap again as they all left Arsenal Arcadia. Lamper booted him up the bum. For the next day and a half, Bill Mainwood continued Eddie Hapgood's Hornet education. He took Eddie to a selection of old matches that would shape his new friend as a Watford fan in the way that all long-standing Watford fans are shaped by the past. He took Eddie to see Watford losing at Darlington to drop into 92nd place in the Football League in August 1975. Then they went to watch Watford win at Old Trafford three years later with two Luther Blissett headers. Next, they went to the 3-0 home defeat to Yeovil in 2013, followed by the 3-0 home win over Liverpool two seasons later, with two strikes from Odia Nigala. Bill said, No matter where our ambition takes us, our past helps us keep perspective. On their various trips to the old games, Bill and Eddie thoroughly enjoyed each other's company. Eddie was taken to being a Watford fan like a duck to water. When he mentioned that in his playing days he'd been known as the Prince of Fullbacks, Bill took him to watch Albert McLennigan, the dunce of fullbacks. Eddie thought this was hilarious. He was starting to forget that he'd ever been an Arsenal fan at all. Late on Boxing Day evening, after they'd been to that day's 2017 home game against Leicester, Bill reckoned Eddie was ready for the acid test of whether the newcomer had put his feelings for Arsenal behind him. He took Eddie down Occupation Road and through the ancient turnstile to Watford's most recent game against Arsenal, the spectacular comeback win in mid-October. They settled into the rookery end in seats behind the goal. 
When Per Mertesacker put Arsenal ahead from a corner just before half-time, Bill watched Eddie closely. Eddie swore, but not at the opposition. Zonal Marken, I ate it. Then he added, Decent delivery, though, you have to admit. Bill began to worry that Eddie might be failing the test. It seemed as though the former Arsenal stalwart might still have an affinity with his old team. But he was reassured when the game turned in the second half. When Troy Deeney came on as a substitute and banged home the penalty, Eddie sang, Coyones! Whoa! Coyones! Whoa! After that, for the final 20 minutes of the game, it was all Watford bullying the Gunners. Every Watford fan could sense the real possibility of David beating Goliath. The noise in the stadium grew and grew. Eddie said to Bill, It's funny. When you lot won at Ibury in January, I were livid you'd stolen our points. Bill noticed Eddie had said, You lot. But this is brilliant. I'm a total convert. They watched a deflected Etienne Capoue shot send Petter Cech the wrong way. Hapgood leapt to his feet. The ball bounced onto the post and out. Hapgood sat down and said, I love the spirit of this team, the desire, the drive, the togetherness. I'm going to have no problem watching this for the rest of eternity. Watford kept attacking. In added time, Holobas shot from outside the box. Deeney challenged Cech. The ball came back to Kapu. Kapu's shot was blocked. The ball fell for Tom Cleverley, ten yards from goal. Bill turned to watch Eddie. Eddie was already out of his seat. The former Watford manager screamed with joy as Cleverley blasted the ball into the roof of the net. The whole stadium shook with noise. Eddie was leaping up and down, punching the air. Bill couldn't stop himself joining in. They grabbed each other hugged each other and bounced and bounced and bounced. Bill was totally elated that the joy of supporting Watford had entered the heart of another football fan. But as they bounced, Bill felt his grip around his new friend loosening. Suddenly, the stocky former fullback wasn't feeling as solid to the touch. They stopped bouncing. Eddie said, What's happening, Bill? You're fading. Everything's fading. Bill realised it must be midnight on Boxing Day night. The Watford and Arsenal heavens were separating after their Christmas overlap, just as Derek had warned. Bill let go of Eddie and said, Oh, Eddie... I'm so sorry. What's happening? You're going back to Arsenal's heaven. But I don't want to go back. Bill watched Eddie Hapgood continue to fade away. Goodbye, Eddie. We've had a lovely two days. Eddie was barely visible now. (laughs) I don't want to be an Arsenal fan for eternity. Please, B. 
Bill! Do something! I want to be a Watford fan! I want to be a Watford fan! As every single Watford fan in the stadium carried on bouncing and shouting and enjoying one of the best David and Goliath moments they'd ever known, Bill sniffed back a tear and headed back to the ancient turnstile. The next day, in the atrium, Bill sat with Henry Grover and Derek Garston on the yellow sofas beneath the Christmas tree. Bill was still feeling sad that Eddie Hapgood hadn't been able to stay in Hornet Heaven. Henry said, I say, cheer up, old chap. You really can't justify being down as a Watford fan at the moment. We've had some great times so far this season, especially against the big beasts of the Premier League. Derek tried to lift his boss's spirits. Look, sir, have you noticed the baubles on the tree, sir? Bill saw that his young assistant had replaced Henry's red baubles with black baubles again. Bill half smiled and thanked the boy, but he still felt an overwhelming sense of loss over Eddie Hapgood. Taffy Davis came up. They sat down next to Bill. Now, not being funny or anything, Bill, but snap the hell out of it. It's like I said, see, fans can't switch clubs. They can't ever truly love a different team. Bill sighed. I guess I just wanted more people to know the joy of supporting Watford. You're too kind-hearted, Bill. Arsenal fans have made their bed, see? So now they've got to lie in it. And how can you be sure that Apgood would have stuck around anyway? He's a manager. And you only have to look at Marco Silva to know what managers are like. If Marco was up here, he'd probably want to bugger off to Everton's heaven. Derek piped up. I bet it's called Toffee Utopia, Mr Davis, sir. It would be great fun to overlap with them next year. Though, maybe the overlap is only ever with our rivals, Mr Davis, sir. And perhaps the level we've reached as a club means our rivalry will always be with Arsenal from now on. Maybe. Until it's with Barcelona, anyway. <laughs> Henry wasn't so sure. He said... I see what you mean, Derek, but personally I think I'd prefer if we collided with Hatter Heaven again next year. To my mind, Luton are our traditional rivals, and Christmas is all about tradition. But they're a horrible Christmas tradition, Mr Grover, sir. They're like Brussels sprouts, Mr Grover, sir. At last, a smile came to Bill Mainwood's face. Young Derrick was right. Luton Town were definitely the Brussels sprouts of football teams. Disgusting, but at certain times you just had to accept their existence. His smile became a giggle. His giggle became a chuckle. His chuckle became a chortle. Henry, Taffy and Derrick watched Bill chortling 
and felt pleased for him. The head of programmes had regained his happiness. Just like all Watford fans had done in the second half of 2017. With the year drawing to an end, the four of them sat together on the yellow sofas feeling good. Feeling ready for even more happiness in 2018. They were in their heaven and all was right with the world. The end. The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be Series 6, Episode 1. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. <laughs>